And it wouldn't be a Thursday afternoon without Thursday Finance. It wouldn't be Thursday Finance without Stephen Pritchard, who's got all the uh, latest goss for us from the commodity market, Stephen. Hi, Mark. How are we going? Oh, re- ready to go. Ready for there those numbers. Okay, so on the, on the commodities during the week, um, the gold price was, was pretty much steady at $1,684 an ounce. Uh, the copper price was up about half a percent to $7,657 a tonne. And the Brent crude oil price was down 1.2% to $68.10 a barrel. Um, the Australian dollar um, continued its fall against all the major currencies again this week. Um, um, the uh, was 74.24 US cents yesterday. Against the Great British Pounds, we were 57 um, pence. And against the Euro, we were 68.21 Euro cents. So, so we're down a... You know, the last week we're we're down almost. You know, the last couple of weeks we're down a cent and a half, one and a half percent, which is a, a fair size movement. So, uh, and the All Ordinaries Index and, and all the equity markets around the world, the major markets were also down again on the week. And the All Ordinaries is uh, 5,919, so we still haven't got to that 6,000. No. We're down you half keep, a You percent. keep wanting that 6,000, we're, we're, we're getting you? further away. I mean, three weeks ago, we're only 75 points away now. We're, we're if we down. get to that 6,000, we'll bring a cake in for you. Yeah, we'll bring cake. Are you sure? Are you sure? Um, <laughs> well, I won't. Somebody else might. Someone else? Uh, well, I don't know. Jane, Jane will be back by then, so she Jane can Jane will be bringing any cakes in. Um, the S&P 500 was 2,300. 388, which is which pretty much the same as last week. And the UK uh, FTSE index was 7,234, which was down about half a percent. Um, a, a couple of stocks that local investors tend to like, um, BHP is uh, $23.21, which is down 2.7% on the week. Um, uh, CBA was also down 2.6% on the week to $85.84. $85.35. And of course, uh, one of our local uh, champion stocks, um, NRB Health Funds, for all those local holders, uh, was up another 4% on the week to $6.21. So anyone who's kept those shares from the demutualisation uh, right back at the beginning has done very well. Um, and of course, um, Telstra, Telstra's up, surprisingly, for the week to $1.18. Sorry, one up to... Four dollars twenty-seven up by one. Oh, that's a bit eight. better. Yeah, we don't want any of our listeners having a heart attack. Your Telstra so, shares so, worth a buck fifty. Yeah, that's yeah, it. No, no, no. Four dollars twenty-seven. They're up five cents at one point one eight five percent. The fuel price for the week, um, the unleaded price in Newcastle was a dollar twenty-one seventy, which is you know pretty much the same as last week, a dollar twenty. Um, and in Sydney, it's a dollar nineteen point seven. The diesel price in Newcastle, which my wife will be happy with, um, is down six percent to a dollar. You know what they say, Stephen, happy uh, happy wife, happy life. That's so right, you'll be right. That's right. She's got a diesel car. Um a dollar twelve a litre. And in Sydney it's a dollar twenty a litre. Oh. So we we've got to go to Sydney on the weekend, so we might have to fill up the here before we go, you reckon, mate. Well you've got to check those prices <laughs> here and down there before you yeah, go. That's right. It's time to bring in Henry Jennings, the senior commentator from the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. Now, I've got to say, Henry, we prepped you before you go. You've always got some great one liners for us, so I'll, I'll be listening for them today. <laughs> Okay, good. Well, um, no, no pressure then, not at all. None at all. None at all. No, there's no, no pressure at all. with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So, so, yeah, so, 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 so you're down in Melbourne, so... Um, um, I am. It's funny. You're down visiting ANZ Bank, are you? Giving them some advice down there? <laughs> I didn't get the invite from Shane, unfortunately, for drinks last night to celebrate the ANZ results, but oh. um, um, 
uh, certainly doesn't seem to be the market got the invite either to sell the uh, to celebrate the ANZ results yesterday. Which, although they were they were okay, I mean they weren't fantastic, but uh, they were okay. Certainly a a bank in transition, if you like. They made a measly three point four billion dollars. Um, which is you know, a mere bank of tell, really, and uh, the dividend was kept at 80 cents, which is what shareholders want to feel good about. But um, the stock has um, fallen away, as has the whole banking sector, really, on the, the results. We've had NABs out this morning as well. Um, they're, um, they were probably a slightly better uh, than the uh, the ANZ ones. They came in at 3.29 billion, so not a bad effort there, and 99 cents of dividends. Um, so, but the whole banking sector does look a little tired at the moment. Lots of CEOs talking about challenging headwinds and all those sorts of things that uh, investors don't really want to see. And it's had such a, a great run. We are seeing a little bit of profit taking in the sector. That's for sure. And and I mean, Westpac Westpac's come into a, into a lot of criticism over the last week because it's, it's declined to fund this Adani coal mine. But but ANZ had previously declined to fund it. And I don't don't remember all the criticism over that. No, well, I, I guess it's it's probably coming down to the pointy end of decision time for um, for the government and uh, the Northern uh, Northern Australia Fund, um, whether Adani's going to get the, uh, the the go ahead with uh, loans or whatever. But certainly Westpac they um, released their climate change policy, and they did stress that uh, one of the things they were not doing was going to invest in low grade coal. If they were going to invest in any kind of uh, carbon based fuel. Um, it would be the high-grade stuff. And unfortunately, the Carmichael mine out of the Galilee Basin um, doesn't satisfy that requirement as it's kind of low-grade stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so uh, But, yeah, it was kind of odd. that Everyone else has said they won't lend the money to Adani. And yet Westpac got absolutely taken mm-hmm. to the cleaners in a, in a PR sense, um, despite the fact the minister in charge actually has his accounts at Westpac. Mm-hmm. Mm. which I thought was quite interesting. So, um, yeah, it's all about PR. It will be gone, finished and forgotten about very shortly, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's the case. And, and RCG, which is, uh, is the footwear retailer, um, share price, mm. you know, second profit downgrade and the share price drops dramatically. Yeah, two strikes and you're out with um, with mm-hmm. um, with your profit downgrades at the moment. And uh, RCG, which bought a, um, a business called Hype, they own athletes and they bought a business called Hype, which I'm sure some of your listeners will know about, and they sell you know, trendy uh, you know, vans and DC and all those sorts of things and globe shoes. Um, but obviously they're not selling them quite as much as they would like. And again, it's just retail is such a tough climate to uh, to make money in. We've seen, um, I actually saw a couple um, of uh, retailers uh, put into administration this week, not ones I'd heard of, but... Um, um, I'm not a fashionista, but certainly RCG Corp have had some problems. The share price has been doing nothing but trending down. They tried a small, they had a, a good rally yesterday, you know, about 10, 12%. But when, you, when you've fallen from uh, $1.40 to uh, 60 cents, mm. it doesn't, you know, six cents up is not really much of a, um, not really much of a consolation price for shareholders. And uh, they're still languishing again today. So again, it, I guess it's another one of these stocks that's going to suffer. Um, when Amazon comes to town, um, you know, it's it's very easy to go into a shoe shop, try on the one you want, the make you want, the brand you want, and the size you want, and then just go online and buy it there, and it turns up the next day. Mm-hmm. I know, right. I've done it myself. Uh, have you? Uh, yeah. Not always, not always to a good result, I have to say. I bought some very expensive shoes from the UK, some churches, 
and they've done nothing but kill my feet for the last two years, but I'm stubbornly hoping that one day I'll break them in. <laughs> Henry, that'll serve you right for doing the wrong thing. I know. Yeah. I know, I know. It, it does. It does. You got uh, what you deserve. Uh, I did get what I deserve. Did you save much money, actually? Um, yeah, I saved a fortune. Yeah, they're, 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 you go in the shop, there are $1,000 shoes. I think I bought them for about $300 in um, UK um, online. Stephen, what do you think of that? All I heard was a thousand dollar shoes. Where are you going, Henry? You need a pair of shoes that are worth a ton. Well, I, I wouldn't pay a thousand dollars for a pair of shoes, but I did pay three hundred for a pair of thousand dollar shoes. Which, um, in the big scheme of things, things they will last forever. But everybody um, thinks not... you paid a thousand dollars for them because well, they know the brand. Everybody <laughs> thinks I paid a thousand dollars for them, and they're supposed to be comfortable. But they have done nothing to give me blisters yeah. and hurt my feet for the last two years. So, you're right; it serves me right. Mm. Oh, well, anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, we, we could talk all day on the, and and Vacus Communications, that, that's one of your yeah. favourite people too. I mean, they seem to be under pressure and profit downgrades. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just, it was, it's been an absolute fiasco in Vocus. You have to remember that a year ago, this stock was $9. Mm-hmm. It is now $2.42. Mm-hmm. They have had profit downgrade. And as um, RCG did, they had a second profit downgrade. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, um, they nailed it again. There's been a big Macquarie conference this week, um, and there's 100 companies uh, presenting. And a lot, well, not a lot of them, but some of them have used it as an opportunity to uh, to downgrade their forecasts. And uh, <laughs> this is certainly one of them. It's been an absolute fiasco. The integration of all these businesses they bought um, has been very, very troublesome. And um, I think you and I have talked about this before in Vocus because I'm a Vocus customer and how the billing was all over the place. It was terrible and you only had to ask for a refund and they gave it to you instantly without an argument, which suggested that I was not alone. Oh. Um, and certainly, um, you know, the market has now um, seen that um, I'm definitely not alone and they're having some real big issues. Um, and some of the founders walked away from the business last year, sold down their shares. How smart were they? It um, reminds uh, me of another telco that had problems with their billing. Yeah, I remember that one. You and I both old enough to remember that one. One tell. Yeah, yeah. Great, great, great. Really cheap for customers, but unfortunately, they couldn't actually pick up any money from those customers. Mm. So I don't think Vocus falls into the one tell category, but certainly um, the board and the management have uh, really tested credibility, and I think they're going to be a long time before the market trusts them ever again. We would certainly not like to see three strikes because that would definitely be you're out. And Henry, what's what? What do you make of what's happening down at Star um, City? Uh, well, this, this seems to be a bit of a familiar story at the moment. Um, Star Entertainment, which has the big casino in Sydney, as I'm sure you know, um, has uh, has warned that um, there are soft conditions in the gaming market. Um, and they're cutting costs to reflect trading conditions, which usually means um, they're laying people off. Mm-hmm. Um, gross revenues down, well, it's up 4.1%, but they're, you know, they're a little bit disappointed. I guess it's hard to lure those whales, um, those international VIPs, to our shores. So um, it's, um, there's, yeah, there's some tough trading conditions in, uh, in the star, unfortunately. And you know, we're seeing that across a, a variety of business. We're hearing it a lot from retailers. Um, you know, it's you kind of, you know, if, if interest rates are going up on your mortgage, are you really going to be down at the casino yep. punting your socks off on the pokies? Mm-hmm. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you are. 
Maybe you are, but um, you know certainly I think you know, household budgets are you know we're, we're a very indebted society, and uh, it doesn't take much to squeeze uh, the budget. And you know we're seeing price increases in electricity and gas, which are through the roof, yes. and we're seeing price increases in um, in, in uh, your private health care, which still remains to be seen what the, what you actually get for it. Um, and uh, it's it's hurting companies, retailers, and discretionary spending across the board. Mm-hmm. And speaking of uh, speaking of retailers, Woolworths' uh, sales are up four and a half percent for that, yeah. which is uh... this, this was some good. This was actually a piece of good news in the in the retail sector. Woolies um, have really taken the fight up to uh, to Coles, and it looks like to Aldi and to Metcash, which operate the IGA super, uh, supermarkets. So um, there was some some good news in there. There was some perennial bad news as well. Big W remains. Um, a bit of a problem. Um, they've got a new man at the helm. I actually, I, I used to play football with, so um, I, I know the new man quite quite well. So um, Henry, so I've got to ask, how much were your football boots? If you're paying a thousand dollars, how much were my football boots? Yeah. Um, I'm not. I don't use them as much as business shoes. So I think they're about a hundred and twenty bucks. Ah, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. And, and, and the way I play football, I probably paid one hundred and ten dollars too much. <laughs> right. So, so he's obviously he's obviously taking your advice here. That's why Woolworths is improving. <laughs> uh, must must be. Yeah, just try and get it in the goal, mate. Um, I think that was my advice. Um, but yeah. yeah, certainly, you know, it's, it's going to be a multi-year turnaround strategy for uh, for Woolies with that big W business. Um, so you know, they've still got problems. The stock did pop on the back of those numbers but has subsequently come back, as has the whole market. But certainly some encouraging signs in terms of sales. I guess it's, we'll have to wait and see whether that's encouraging in terms of margins and, uh, and profitability. Certainly they've spent a lot of money, uh, which is code for um, uh, subsidised a lot of product mm-hmm. to, uh, to take the fight up to Coles and to Aldi. Mm. And so we're going to have to leave it there, Henry. But, but if people want oh. your comments every day, how do they get that? Um, if they're interested in, in more... More jokes and more advice on on, on shoes. Um, they can go to uh, marcustoday.com.au and they can sign up for a free trial for a couple of weeks. and uh, And I can promise you, uh, maybe if they sign up today, I'll, I'll should mention shoes tomorrow, and I'll should give some fashion tips in the Friday edition. And I can promise you, it's always entertaining reading Henry's newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not mine. It's I'm I'm merely a, a cog in the big machine. Okay, but, uh, well, me, 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 me reading the cog I, I, on the I'm big machine. I'm, I'm in charge of the shoes portion of the newsletter. Okay, so I'll, I'll look forward to reading about RCG then. Okay. That sounds pretty good. Okay. That's, that's Henry Jennings for this week. Now we'll be back in a little while. You've got a special, another special guest um, joining yep, us. Yep, we've got uh, Richard Murphy, who's the uh, chief executive officer of. Uh, uh, XTBs, which is a company that lists uh, corporate bonds on the Australian Stock Exchange. It's a new product. Um, it's been hard for retail investors to access uh, corporate bonds up to date. And XT, uh, Australian Corporate Bond Company, or XTB is their trading code, is listing more and more on those. So Richard's going to talk to us about that in a couple of minutes. Yeah, sure. Look, I think everybody knows what a share is. So let's take Woolworths as an example. You all know the share is you you get a share of the, the income of the company, and if it does well, the share price goes up. If it doesn't do well, the share price goes down. What a corporate bond, a Woolworths bond, would be is you're basically lending Woolworths money. So if you buy a corporate bond for 100 bucks, you're lending Woolworths 100 bucks, and they agree to pay you back. And they might agree to pay you back in four years' time. And along the way, they say, I'm going to pay you 3.5% interest, and then I'll give you your 100 bucks back. So it's a lot closer, really, in a way to putting money in a term deposit where 
putting money in a bank, you're lending money to a bank, and they agree to pay you interest. So what it, what it tends to, to mean is that corporate bonds are a lot more capital-stable. Equities go up and down like a yo-yo, obviously, as we all know. And, and dividends are, you know, discretionary. You don't know if you're going to get them or not. You hope they're going to go up, et cetera, but the company could go to zero. Whereas bonds are simply, you've loaned the company money. Do I think Woolworths is big enough to pay me back? Um, and it's, it's price, the bond basically is a lot more stable. And obviously it cannot, it cannot adjust the coupons at all. It's going to pay you that three and a half percent and it must pay you back. So it's really a loan to the company and you can buy and sell them. Um, usually in the wholesale market, and that was the problem, you could only buy them and sell them in half a million dollar lots. So we brought them onto the exchange in hundred dollar lots. So you'll see their bond prices on the exchange and they don't move around very much. There's nothing, there's nothing super exciting about them. They don't shoot up to $200. They don't dive to $50. They basically stay around um, the price because they're going to mature at 100 and they're going to keep on paying that regular coupon in return deposit. Yeah. So you think of the four major banks, they're pretty, they're, 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 they are the four most stable companies in, in Australia. And a turn deposit rate might be, I saw an index yesterday, somebody had 2.41% as the average for one year turn deposit. Um, you might get 3.4% from a, a, a corporate bond, you think, well, it's only 1% more. That's 33% more if you actually move your money in there in terms of your income because, you know, 3.4% as a rate is 30% more than, than 2.4%. So if you're a retiree or just a general investor and you're looking for a little bit more return for a little bit more risk because it is a bit more risk lending money to Woolworths than it is to a bank because Woolworths is not as as strong as the, as the banks. So that's really why you would do it, is you'd say, well, I do want more than I'm getting from turn deposit, and I'm not willing to just dive into equities um, or dive into property. I want a fixed income investment. I want something where I get paid back, et cetera. That's the trade-off, and that's, that's exactly why corporate bonds exist, is not all money wants to be as safe as in a turn deposit. People want to take a little bit more risk and get a bit more return. You can sell them every day. Yeah, if you change your mind or, you know, something, for whatever reason you need it, you buy it, say you bought it today, if, you know, it might be worth $103, $104 because you're getting all these coupons as well. And tomorrow you could sell it. You could decide, oh, gosh, I made the wrong mistake or, you know, suddenly the house is burned down and need, need the money. Um, yeah, you just buy and sell it just like you do shares. So that was, that was part of why we did this is to make them available to everybody in the same way as they can buy shares or property trusts or ETFs, et cetera, by your, by your, your broker, basically, or your financial advisor. Yeah, it's, that's basically the two. The two main types are fixed rate, meaning that the coupon was fixed the day Woolworths, we'll keep using the Woolworths example, and my 3.5%. Um, Woolworths set 3.5% as the rate they're willing to pay. A much smaller company might give you 6% if they were, you know, like a really small company might be offering 6%. And you, of course, would weigh that up. I'm going to trust that company to pay me back. But um, that's fixed at 3.5% and stays that way throughout the life, whereas a floating rate bond, which are usually bank bonds, they say, right, no, we will, we will give you um, 50 or half, half a percent above a floating benchmark. And that floating benchmark in Australia is called BBSW. It basically moves up and down as interest rates change. So it might be paying 2.5% um, um, now, but it's an interest rate shot up in six months' time, it might be paying 3.5 or 4.5 because it's always going to pay that half a percent above this floating um, benchmark. So some people prefer not to be exposed to interest rate changes and they go for floating rate. 
and other people say, well, you know what, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the next three years to lock my money up to get 3.5%, which is better than my TD. I don't mind if it's straight to move. Um, I'd rather have the higher rate to get from fixed-rate bonds because fixed-rate bonds um, pay a higher coupon than floating-rate bonds because they don't have that accommodation of the, the coupon going up and down with interest rates. And, of course, if interest rates fail, as some people think they, they may well do in Australia, then your coupon goes down, in fact. So it does actually go up and down with interest rates. And uh, Richard Murphy on the phone as our conversation this afternoon continues about corporate bonds. Yep, absolutely. Um, I, I, I used to find, because we obviously talk to an awful lot of financial advisors and all sort of stockbrokers and people like that, you divide people up into two buckets. One is people that get advice. And then there's other people that go it alone and don't need advice. And those people normally go in via, you know, an online stockbroker, you know, Comsec, Bell Direct, etc. And then the other people get advice um, from a financial planner, a broker, you know, their, their financial advisor, sometimes even accountants, etc. And all, but all of them have ways and means of when they buy BHP shares, um, they go in via platforms, they go in via online brokers, they go in through full service brokers, whatever mechanism they use to get in there. You're basically just going and putting an order into the market to to buy securities and, and now you can buy BHP. We've got two BHP XTBs on the ASX and there's no difference in the process at all of buying shares or property trusts or ETFs or buying XTBs. Yeah, look, it's, it's a, big dependent, a big dependency on that is your age. If you're in your 20s, you're probably not thinking very much about um, stability of your portfolio and, and, uh, and, and defensiveness. You probably invested a lot more in things like equities. But as people get older, you do need to think an awful lot more about the fact that at some point you're going to be not working, you're going to be living off your savings and your superannuation, etc. And so more and more defensive assets tend to be advised by all forms of advisors who say, look, the older you get, you should have more more defensive um, assets in your portfolio. So it's bonds do not bonds. You buy a bond, it will not um, appreciate to two hundred dollars. It will not fall to to fifty dollars. It's about the money and getting an income in, on, on, on that um, principle. It's about having getting your principal back and not endangering your, your portfolio overall. So if you have 100% in equities and Donald Trump doesn't deliver on his tax um, changes, etc., and the, the, the market lose confidence, confidence in him, there could be a 20 or 30% downturn in equity markets. And of course, that's going to really slam your portfolio. And it's if that affects the economy, then dividends could be cut for shares, etc. So I think everybody would agree you shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket. You shouldn't have just equities. And the real benefit of fixed income and bonds in particular is, generally speaking, when equities do go down, as they do, um, the bonds either just hold up and hold their value. Or in fact, sometimes they go up in value when equities go down. So they, they are a great defensive mechanism to balance out your portfolio, to act as an anchor in your portfolio that you know, well, at least, yeah, the share market's fallen, but at least I know my portfolio of, say, five or six different bonds are not going to fall in value. Their coupons cannot be cut, so I'm definitely going to be able to rely on that income. If you're, if, if you're definitely, if you're in retirement phase, um, we have, I've met an awful lot of retirees who've got all their, all their money in, in shares and a little bit of cash, and when the equity market falls, they spend all the cash, then they have to start selling the shares. And that's obviously a disaster if they want to going to live to the hundreds um, that you're actually now consuming your capital. So as you get older, you should really be thinking about switching out of equities into bonds and having less going for growth and more being about stable income producing assets that are not going to collapse in value. And of course,
course, I'm talking about I'm talking about the best and great companies here. I'm not talking about you know a company number 800 in the ASX list. We're talking about top 100 companies here. So that's that's really where most people are investing is for the as they get older, more and more in the defensive part of their portfolio. Telstra, yeah, Woolworths, Macquarie, um, a couple of land lease, Horizon, um, Bank of Queensland. Uh, basically, if, if if there's companies in the top 100 that issue bonds, and some of them don't, like ASX Computer Share do not issue bonds because they don't need debt capital, so they don't issue any. But lots of companies do. So if, if there's a bond out there, we generally cover it. So we've got bank bonds, although they... They tend to be kind of similar um, yield to the term deposit rate, so they're, they're not super popular. The ones that are most popular are the ones that um, are giving you a bit of a higher yield, sort of um, a yield that's a, a good pickup over term deposits. They're, they're the ones that have been most popular, like Lendlease and, and yep. Horizon and, and uh, Downer and things like that, are ones that people okay. buy all the time. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Stephen. We'll catch you next week for Thursday Finance at 2NU RFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.